Pitaya. Hi everyone, I'm Joanna. And I'm Jenny. And this is Hyphenated, the podcast about living in the hyphen. I have to say it's been a while since I've seen you, Jenny. I've felt abandoned. I felt abandoned by you and I'm I'm honestly still upset. And Wow. Just been feeling kind of ignored. <laughs> you know. Wow. Okay. Listen, um, you're busy making cartoon history and I'm just I'm pet sitting my sister's dog. So, you know, like we we're both <laughs> really fucking busy, Joanna. <laughs> you were like shooting a bunch of stuff, you pretty little liar. You're like working and <laughs> That's how I call people when I want to call them a liar, but I'm like I don't want to say the word liar. That's you pretty pretty mean. little liar. You pretty little <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> you could say I created my own saying for like when I want to tell someone that they're like not being truthful without calling them a liar. But I am because I'm calling them pretty and little before. It like softens the blow, you know? <laughs> I appreciate that. That that actually works. Um, there we go. Speaking of sayings. Look at that. Look at that look transition. At that. Well, yes. So we were like, you know, what are we going to talk about this week? There's so much to catch up on. We always have stuff to talk about. And I haven't talked about this topic, and Jenny, you haven't either for, for a bit. There's I know. something about sayings I find to be astounding. And I was recently interviewed for another podcast called uh, Immigrant Jam. And this girl started telling me, like, she was like, oh, my God, I love these Venezuelan sayings. And she starts listing some of these sayings. And I'm like, I've never heard of any of these before. What? Yeah. So, like, I guess she found sayings from like I, either another time in Venezuela, another decade that I wasn't around for, or another area of Venezuela that I'm not from. And a lot of my sayings are like more Caracas sayings. Oh. Which like makes me realize like how regionalistic sayings are. Uh-huh, yeah. And and since my grandmother was Cuban, she hold on, wouldn't hold on, tell hold on. me- I'm so sorry, Joanna, my dog just fell down. No. I swear to God, every time we're, we're doing this thing- Is she okay? Is she okay? Yeah, she- oh. Oh my God. We're at my sister's house, but como she's going blind, she literally tumbled. <gasps> I hope this isn't insensitive, but this sounds like a saying, es como perro ciego cayéndose. <laughs> Which is like, of course, when you record a podcast, that's exactly, it's like Murphy's Law. It's a, whenever you're going to record a podcast, your dog is going to fall. Or like last episode, we were together, poop somewhere. Like that's the right moment for her to just make her entrance. Joanna! Honestly, dude, your dog oh is the third God. host of this podcast. Your dog is the third chaotic host of this podcast. She pops up only sometimes and only to disrupt us in the most <laughs> dramatic of ways. I can't make this shit up. Oh, my God. I'm dying right now. Wow. Yeah. She's fine, though, everybody. She's fine. She's walking around. I, I don't know. This dog is made of steel. I don't know. It's... She's like a Nokia phone of dogs. She'll be, you know, she's fine. Yeah. Uh, she just looked so peaceful and so sleepy that I'm like, okay, let me leave her up there. I didn't think she'd get up so soon. Anyway, thanks, Delilah. Bueno, ¿sabes qué? I think she's going to have a spinoff podcast series because of how <laughs> how much of a, like, protagonist energy she's having. You know what kind of energy she has? Like, she has, like, Saulo Gigante energy. Like, it's like old school Latino comedy energy where it's like all of a sudden a payaso oh, yeah. llega and, and 
motocicleta. Bing, 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 bing. Like she has like these wacky entrances. She really does. She's the Kramer of our <laughs> of our group. <laughs> She's like shits on herself, and it's like, oh my god, it's just Delilah being Delilah. What a charming character. <laughs> oh my god, I can't breathe. Okay, back to sayings. Oh my god. So I seriously, I I truly want to say that I want to create my own saying about Delilah, about like how perfectly timed chaos can come. I feel like we've just created our own saying and only we will understand it, but it might catch on. It might catch on. It might. (laughs) So Jenny, me and you wanted to talk about sayings in this episode. Delilah made the perfect representation of how sayings are made. I really think that a lot of like sayings are made by precisely what just occurred. Something happened and then someone was like, this is, this is so funny. And it's perfectly encapsulates the chaos of a moment. Delilah falling is going to become a saying because a lot of like, at least Venezuelan sayings, I feel like happened on a farm or something. And a farmer's like, man, someone gifted me this animal. I'm not going to look it at the teeth because if I do, that means that I'm not accepting a free gift. Like, I feel like, I feel like sayings come from real life. That's just my interpretation of my theory. For me, it's just impressive how it catches on. I mean, I guess it's kind of like a TikTok trend. Mm. Mm-hmm. The original viral yeah. is a saying. Is a saying. Now, I will say, I think sayings have a longer life than uh, <laughs> TikTok trends. You kind of forget about them after a week. But yeah, there's that similarity. Like someone starts the trend and then people follow it. So for me, I'm like, damn, like who came up with this saying? You know, the fact that we're still saying this generation after generation. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I'll tell you an example and we'll start in English so that we sort of understand how how the story of how these sayings come to life are truly like a viral video. Like, I think it's accidental. People started saying something and then it's like, oh my God, this really caught on. Oh my goodness. Now we're all saying it. You know, this is like the original corn song. So, you know, the idiom to it, like it costs an arm and a leg, like, oh my goodness. Oh, good Lord. Because of the hikes and prices, this is really costing an arm and a leg. Do you know where it comes from? No, I don't. So the origins are from 18th century art, okay? When like rich people that didn't want to spend too much money on their portraits, they'd be like, okay, make a portrait of me, but I know that arms and legs, like limbs cost more to paint. So they'd only do like from the neck up. It was like a cheaper version of a portrait. An arm and a leg, if you incorporate that into your portrait, it'd be a more expensive portrait. So it would cost an arm and a leg. And that's sort of how it came about. Oh my God. Way less morbid and horror than I imagined. Your face was like, please don't, please don't. Is this an Aladdin reference where they chop people's arms off? I was I was thinking some some terribly dark shit. So I'm like, oh, okay, that ain't so bad. Mm-hmm. Like, that's fun. <laughs> that's nice. I feel like a lot of these are very fun. Like the origins must have been fun, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so my grandmother was Cuban, as you know, mm-hmm. and I always heard her say... Arroz con mango, right? What the fuck is that? I never understood it. She just said it and I never thought twice about it. What does it mean? Well, I mean, the direct English translation is rice with mango, but uh, it just means you're in a sticky situation because the dish is sticky. (gasps) Oh. And it's funny because Cubans, Cubans don't eat rice with mango. It's actually an Asian dish. So where did it come from? The actual dish is an Asian dish and it's made with sticky rice. So it's not just any rice, 
it's mango with sticky rice, which makes sense with the whole, you know, mm-hmm. sort of sticky situation. Like it is, we are, this is like fucked. Like this is screwed up. This is sticky. mango. Yeah. You know what I would love? I wish that Cuban idioms were part of like Hollywood. Cause imagine like a James Bond scene where everything's going wrong. Like his loved one just drowned and he's <laughs> calling M and he's like about to cry. I mean, I know James Bond doesn't cry, but he's like, you know, toxic masculinity crying on the inside. And then he goes, this is a sticky rice with mango right now. We're in a sticky rice with mango. And it sounds like a code word, but it's not. It just means sticky situation. Yeah. I would love that. But, and the thing is like, I have done a lot of research on these sayings and like, I cannot find anything about the deep origins of it. I mean, again, I don't know if Cubans were specifically thinking about Southeast Asia when they came up with this uh, phrase, but (laughs) I think it's that they're like, okay, what is really sticky? All right, mango, that's messy. And then you've got rice, which can be sticky, especially if it's sticky rice. And you mix them together, then you've got a really sticky situation. Also, sticky rice is sticky, and then mango is is a mess of a fruit to eat. Yes. So it's almost like it's not just sticky on sticky. It's sticky with like a hairy, juicy, complicated fruit to eat. You know, I like it. I feel like it's it's simple. It's messy but as it, hell. I'd give it a. I think I'd give it a seven out of ten. I'd give this saying a seven out of ten. Yeah. What happened now? Did the dog... What happened with the dog? Delilah flipped the bowl. No, she did not. Delilah. Estás como Delilah en casa ajena. That's the saying. Delilah just like flipped a bowl for no reason. She is being so dramatic and intense. She is being a Delilah en casa ajena. Delilah sí se va a meter en tremendo rosco con mango si sigue con esta mierda. Pa' que vea. Delilah, vale, chica. So I give that a 7 out of 10, and I've just decided we're going to rate. I think we got to rate these sayings based on how good they are at explaining the situation and how fun they are to say. So I'd give that a 7 out of 10. I feel like it encapsulates, like, messiness in a way. I could have, It could have been escalated a little bit more. Like, if it was, like, arroz con mango y pega, you know what I mean? I'd be like, okay, that's a little bit more on the nose. But I appreciate it. I give it a 7. What do you give it? I mean, I think it's because, like, I'm so used, like, I'm so tired of that phrase already. Like, so I mm-hmm. I give it, like, a five. Okay. All right. Well. Because you know why? Because they didn't, if, if this was a true, like, invention of, like, ill, no one would ever eat those foods together, then I'd be like, okay, that makes sense. That's really clever. But, like, that's an actual dish, though, that Southeast Asians eat. So it's, like, it's, I don't think it was just, like, this awesome invention of a saying. Because that, that food combination does exist. You know what? It was probably one guy that like was in Havana or something, and then some Southeast Asian workers or Southeast Asian immigrants or something. They were eating this thing. The guy tasted it. He's like, "This is sticky." And then he's like, "Oh no, this isn't sticky. This is arroz con mango." And then he's like, "Oh my god, guess I'm in a sticky situation." And then it went viral without him wanting it to be or her wanting it to be. And then it just then it became the saying for Cubans and. There, there we go. Virality, virality at its inception. Yes. <laughs> okay, so I have a, a Venezuelan saying, and I want to see if you understand what it means, because uh, it has two words that I don't know if they are, if they're like Spanish or just Venezuelan Spanish. Okay. Okay. Cachicambo diciéndole al morrocoy con chuo. Okay, I don't even know what most of those words mean. <laughs> like, those are words I've never heard in my life. Corrico, corrico con chuo. ¿Qué? 
Cachicambo. Cachicambo. Diciéndole al morrocoy. Morrocoy. Conchu. No idea. Dude, no so, idea. No idea. No. No idea. No, no. You, you don't even want to, like, Yo. guess what it could, the meaning could be. Cachicambo. Is that some dude's name? Uh... I don't want to tell you what it is. I want it. I want it all to be a surprise. Okay, say it again, like 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 the way you would say it. Cachicambo, diciéndole al morrocoy conchudo. Oh my god, this might as well. If you told me this was another language, I'd be like, yeah. I honestly, when I said it to uh, my my husband like years ago, he was like, "What the fuck just came out of your mouth? I don't know what you just said." And I'm like, "Cachicambo diciéndole morrocoy conchudo." He's like, "That those are not words." You just, you just, you just said, you just said nothing. <laughs> the only thing that it sounds like that, which is like an English saying is, um, pot calling a kettle black. Are you freaking kidding me, Jenny? What? Are you serious? That's what it sounds like. Like a coach, you guys calling. I don't know. It's just like the, the cadence. I don't know if making any sense. The way that you knew that is insane. Cause that's exactly what the saying means. What? I mean, the symbolism of it is that, but the literal translation is armadillo calling the tortoise Shelly. <laughs> like the armadillo is like going up to the tortoise and be like, yo, you fucking Shelly bitch. And he's like, dude, look at yourself. Look at yourself. You're a little shell too. My brain right now can't believe that it, <laughs> that it made sense of this somehow. It, it made sense. It's like, what is it? What is the saying in English? The tea calling the kettle black, the what? Pot calling a kettle black. Look at how these two things mean the exact same thing. The exact same thing. Except in English, it's just like kitchen appliances. And then in Latin America, it's an armadillo and an enormous turtle. They're like, you know, like, these are the things that influenced and inspired people. Or like these wild animals. And like not, you know, I'm imagining in England or I don't know where this was made up. They were just probably in the winter board and they were just looking at their kitchen appliances and they had to come up with something, you know. I could be wrong. But that definitely sounds very British. It's like the pot in the kettle black. Absolutely British. <laughs> Maybe it's just the word kettle. Um, <laughs> Them and their tea, you know. So I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> But I love that saying, and I remember when I was a kid, older people in my life would say these sayings, and I wouldn't really think about it. I wouldn't, I, I just, through context clues, was like, oh, I guess my grandma's mad, or like, oh, I guess I said something wrong. And then it wasn't until later on in life, I'm like, whoa, 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 this say, let's break down this saying right now. Let's break down what you're, you're, you're saying. It's, yes. like, for example, like, uh, there's another one called, la cabra siempre tira pal monte. Like, the goat always will go to the mountain. Yes. It's always a freaking animal. You put an animal in it. You take an English saying and you just add an animal and it becomes Latin American. But, like, a goat will always end up in the mountains. And for me, I I've heard that my whole life. And I'm like, yeah, man. And then I'm like, what? hold up. It's like, you know those moments in life where, like, everything stops and you're like, what? Wait. This thing I've been hearing, like, my whole life, it's actually saying a very tiny short story in like five words that is absolutely mind-blowing and makes no sense but also makes all the sense in the world <laughs> so wait what would you give cachicamo diciéndole el morroco y concho out of 10 what would what's what's your rating just because it sounds freaking cool but i unless this is a specific way of saying armadillo in venezuelan spanish i've never learned how to say armadillo in spanish so 
I'm just going to give this a nine just because I was educated on how to say new <laughs> Spanish words for things I never knew. Look at that. The more you know. Yeah, man. I wish I could use a lot of these phrases amongst my exclusively English speaking friends, but it won't make any goddamn sense. I think one of the very few phrases that has been used very commonly in English, but that originated in Spanish is, again, very exclusive to Miami. So that I, when I say it out here in L.A., they have no idea what the fuck I'm saying, which is eating shit, which, again, translates in Spanish to comiendo mierda. And in Miami, we say eating shit a lot, like like the English translation. We say it all the time. Like, what are you doing, bro? No, man, just eating shit. Just eating shit, bro. Or like, coño, like she's <laughs> she, she's not looking at the road. Like she's eating shit. So it could be used in various ways. Delilah está comiendo mierda. Yeah, bro. Delilah was eating shit. Yeah. So people think either the like literally they're like, what do you mean? Like you're eating shit or out here in the West Coast, they think you mean like you fell, like you ate it, like you fell on your face and you ate shit. Mm -hmm. So they don't think you're saying what I'm trying to convey. <laughs> When I say it, which is, I guess, eating shit is like, oh, nothing, like bored. I'm like, yeah, I'm just, or like, I'm no, I'm doing nothing. I'm, yeah, exactly. I'm bored. I'm eating shit. I'm not doing anything significant. And again, there's the more negative Spanish version, which is comiendo mierda, is a lot more aggressive. It just means like you're literally doing nothing. Your your uh, parents love to use it with their kids when they're being like lazy and or not doing their chores. Um, like está, está comiendo mierda. You know, or like you're not doing anything with your life. It can be like pretty severe. <laughs> it's very negative. But yeah, the then we kind of turned it into like a no, I'm just bored um, for the English version. Yeah, a little bit more soft. Yeah, it got it went from rated R to a bit of a PG-13 situation. <laughs> so what would you rate comiendo mierda? I honestly think it's a bit simple. For me, I'm going to I'm going to rate it a 4 out of 10 and I'm sorry. I really respect your culture. This has nothing to do with my respect for Cuban people. I just think it could be a little bit more elaborated and and metaphorical. You know, I feel like this is just just stating something, you know? Listen, I'm going to give Comiendo Mierda a 9.2 because Oh my goodness. It is versatile. You can say it in any given situation in your life, day and night, and it also has varying depths and us hyphenated youths of Miami reclaimed it as our own. So we kind of, it, it's a clap back to strict angry Cuban parents across the world who always think we're lazy mm. and we're not doing anything with our lives. We're always comiendo mierda. We're like, okay, you know what? I am eating shit and what? Mm -hmm. So that's why I give it a high rating. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it feels like you just um, are trying to be patriotic and, uh, <laughs> you know, represent your people in, in the correct way, in a way that makes them proud, because that's crazy. Um, but I respect it. I respect your justification. Um, and I totally understand. <laughs> I'll give you one that I think is actually just like a pan Latin American saying. I feel like I've heard this said in more places than just Venezuela, but I thought it was just Venezuelan. Um, and it is... Más sabe el diablo por viejo que por diablo. I know that one. It's so good. It's so good. I honestly, I think this is a pitch for a movie. Like, I think this is so good. It's a log line yeah. for a series I could watch. Yeah. It is. It tells such a story. In English, it means the devil knows more because he's old than because he is the devil. 
I mean, it just packs a punch. This is about <laughs> wisdom. This is about growing up. This is about the devil. Where did he come in? You know what I mean? He, we could have mm-hmm. just said, you get wiser as you get older. But no, we brought the devil into this. We were like, no, 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 mm-hmm. no, no, no. Let's make this spicy. The devil, you know that guy? You know that evil motherfucker? Well, you think he might be smart, but it's cause, it's just because he's he's been around forever. He's old. It's not because he's the devil. Oh, my goodness. Like, what a character arc. You're painting, a, you're painting a picture. You're telling a story. All with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine words. Nine words. Ergo, I give this a nine out of ten. This saying deserves a nine out of ten. Oh yeah, it's very, it's very poetic. It's perfection. My remember, my grandma would say she would say it angry to herself, muttering, and I feel like that's how most old people would say sayings, like to themselves, as if there was a camera there, like they're having a little separate soliloquy, and no, they 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 think no one else is listening, but they're saying it to themselves. Like my grandma would be like washing the dishes and like we'd be talking about something and then like an aunt or an uncle that is being annoying or i don't know what and then she'd be like and then you'd be like ¿Qué pasó, abuelita? she's like Ay, nada, nada. Yo no dije nada. that's literally every single time <laughs> yeah i would actually give this one a 10 oh my goodness yes because so many latinos know this phrase so it's like gone hella viral mm-hmm. and <laughs> It just seems like a professional writer or a poet came up with this. <laughs> like freaking Gabriel Garcia Marquez was like, yo, you know what? You know the saying, um, the older, the wiser. Let's just make it freaking amazing. <laughs> yes. Yes. Let's add tension and drama to this saying. Yeah. Okay. So this is this one's winning so far. Yeah. We got Más sabe el diablo por viejo que por diablo 9.5. So Jenny, let's see. You, 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 might, you might still win. So let's see. Um, this one is eso va a terminar como la fiesta del guatao. That will end like the guatao party. So I am going to <laughs> guess here that the guatao party was some kind of party where like something horrible happened, <laughs> like people like like soldiers showed up or like there was something really horrible that happened at this party. So it's a party where it unexpectedly went totally downhill that's what i that's what i would guess yeah so this is actually one of the best known cuban sayings it was the guatao festival and it became a true tragedy but there are different versions that explain what actually went down at the guatao festival so there's three theories one of them is that there was a discussion that occurred during an afro-cuban religious celebration Mm -hmm. Another theory is that there was an attack by Spanish soldiers. Mm-hmm. And another theory is that there was a love conflict caused by jealousy. And and the party just went downhill? It just went downhill. And everyone heard about this party going downhill. People were like, yo, did you hear about that crazy party? Yeah, it ended real bad. Can you imagine, like, you throw this party, this festival, it goes downhill in the worst of ways. And it was so bad that, like, centuries later, people are still talking about that party. I mean, it's funny because there's like these three very different theories and it's just like, that's how long ago it was that it becomes like a game of telephone. And you're like, what really went down? This is like more in depth on one of the theories is that it had to do with this woman named Irmita. Of course, this is the most Cuban fucking name. (laughs) When I saw that name, I was like, of course, Irmita. Everyone knows an Irmita. And she was super popular and she went to the Guatau Festival because duh. Um, and 
several men that she was leading on showed up to this festival and <laughs> she like decided, fuck it, I'm going to dance with all of them and like have a good time. But one of the dudes was like, he got mad jealous. He's like, no, I want to dance exclusively with you. And she's like, no, she rejected him. And the man was filled with such anger. He decided to attack anyone who even looked at her. And he like threw musical instruments and shit like and then it be, just became a big brawl amongst the party goers <laughs> so everyone got injured and shit it was just like it all started because of this one chick in you know i i'm gonna say that it's that is an it myth uh i think that's a myth i think that's a myth that's so typical like you know you know what happened that crazy massacre because a woman was dancing like every every time there's always like they can't be that simple it's like no 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 literal es que una mujer llegó y está bailando and i'm like that doesn't justify that doesn't justify the massacre or like the brawl that occurred that does not make any sense to me but it's like Pero si es, así son las mujeres. i mean absolutely <laughs> this was like spaniards doing some stupid shit I, that's just let's just be real let's move on uh, <laughs> it was fun. it was 100 it was just spaniards, spaniards up. fucking shit up like they normally do and they were like you know what let's just blame it on poor irmita let's just blame it on irmita irmita probably didn't even go irmita was probably home she was like yo what the fuck I'm like yo we heard we heard what happened and she's like dude i literally was at home sewing okay because there's nothing else to do and i was sewing i was being peaceful and now everyone thinks i'm just like some you know brawl starting dancing lady Anyway, I feel bad for you to meet them. That's, yeah, that's definitely like a sugar coating of what really went down and like someone trying to protect like these angry, violent Spaniards. I'm like, did they not have a hobby? <laughs> no one had a hobby at that time. Okay, well. Everyone was just like trying to survive. They should have gotten eat. into arts and crafts. I don't know. I know. Like Irmita, who was just sewing. Yeah. Oh, my God. According to my theory. So I, I think that I think that saying I would give it. I think an eight out of 10. I think it tells a story. I think people would ask. I think that's like, okay, there's like a historical question to it. Mm -hmm. it it's very much tied to Cuban history in some way. And it's mysterious, which I enjoy. Yeah, same. I would give it a 7.5 because it is cool. There's like a, a lot of different theories and history behind it. It makes people question, like you said. But it's also very easy to guess. Like you easily guessed what it meant. Like, okay. Right. Even though I don't know what this Guatao party was about, it sounds like it wasn't good. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, like, we wouldn't be saying it in this way. And we would be saying, like, can't wait for it to be like the Guatao party, you know? And it's like, no, this might end up like it. Yeah. It's a cautionary tale. You just don't want to be like, yo, shit's about to go down like that Jenny Lorenzo Halloween party from 19... 98 um which like was what my like eighth birthday um i don't fuck i can't math i heard i heard i heard it was a it was a disaster jenny i heard you arrived wanting to dance with every other eight-year-old and one eight-year-old went crazy and the pinata completely caught on fire and it was all your fault so <laughs> all right hit me with another one okay i have i have one and the reason i love this one is because so many spanish sayings are so dramatic so metaphorical so like oh my goodness just like realismo magico gabriel garcia marquez up in this joint and this one is just so boring and it is no es que maria estaba lavando y se le acabó el jabón it isn't that maria was washing and then her soap ran out 
That was it. That's it. That's oh, the entire that's scene. it. Okay. What do you think this means? It's not like Maria was washing and her soap ran out. I mean, it kind of sounds like something you'd say to like tell someone like it's not a big deal. It's not like like it could mm-hmm. be worse. I don't know. Okay. I like I like that. I I think that's better than the actual meaning. <laughs> What is it? Because your your way of describing it is like, oh my God, things can get worse. Maria was watching, then she ran out of soap, and then a serial killer showed up and killed her. Like I feel like your your explanation makes more makes it more exciting. But what it is is like things aren't that simple. Like when I'm like, Mom, I you know this happened and this happened and this happened. I think it's all because I'm in a bad mood. And she's like, mm, No es que María estaba lavando y se le acabó jabón. You know, there isn't a clear cause and effect. Oh yeah. There's a lot of things here at play. This isn't as simple as it looks. My mom used to say all the time. This is one of the ones that my mom would like say too much to the point of it losing its meaning. And she'd be like, No es que María estaba lavando. And she'd just even like end at No es que María estaba lavando. And that was it. You didn't even need the rest. Yeah. It was like, you know, it was like implied. Yeah. And it wasn't that Maria was washing. It wasn't that Maria was washing. So I really enjoyed this one. Oh, Delilah also enjoyed it. She loved that one. That was, that's she Penny. Barked. That's Penny. That's my sister's dog. Oh, that's Penny. Oh my God. Now, now there's two dogs wanting to be the Jenny Lorenzos and Joanna Housemans of the dog world. I think the loud one is me for sure. The loud one is me for I'm sure. I'm the one that tumbles down. <laughs> that's another saying. If it's not Delilah, it's Penny. If it's not Delilah, it is Penny. There will always be a dog creating havoc. So what would you give Maria washing dishes out of 10? Probably a six. Yeah, you're even yawning. That's how boring this one was to you. <laughs> Probably a six. Yeah, okay. This one wasn't my best one. Okay, I'll admit it. But it's one I, I held close to my heart. <laughs> well, yeah, because your mom uses it all the time. Yeah. Oh, and she, I, I love how my mom says it. My mom also like adds like some like drama to it. Like, like how my grandma used to do washing the dishes as we talked and she would like be listening and says it to herself like a soliloquy. My mom will be like, hmm. You know, like yeah. mm, to herself, to herself, just a little, little sassy to herself saying, you know, <laughs> Jenny, no one would ever tell you that saying because you always have an explanation for why things happen, like very detailed <laughs> explanations and theories like, oh, I mean, I'm, I'm like, I'm tired. You're not tired because of ADHD. There's something called circumvental Bicontakakin disorder and you're, it, there's a chemical in your brain. And I'm like, what? No, bro, I just didn't sleep. It's simple. Maria was washing. The soap ran out. I didn't sleep. I am tired. You're like, no, that's not how it works. That's not how it works, actually. There's another theory. (laughs) It's too simple for you. If it was like Maria was washing, then she got distracted. She went on a BuzzFeed quiz. She found out she was a sandwich. Then she forgot she was washing. Then she left the house. She came back. She realized she needed to wash. And then she realized she didn't have the soap. So she went to go get the soap. She came back. She started washing. And then she forgot again. And that would be your your iteration of this. Well, actually, Joanna, it's because over-explaining is a trauma response for fellow ADHDers because people tend to think that we're just a bunch of lazy Uh fuck-ups and we have to always like over-explain ourselves so that people don't hate us. Oh my God, I think Maria had ADHD. Maria had ADHD, (laughs) she had trauma. Maria had ADHD, she was just, she actually was just washing and then her soap ran out, stop, you know. But no, you're right. This is, you know what? This this has a new layer to it, thanks to you. All right, what's your next one? There's so many that I'm just like trying to decide. Um, okay, well, I'm going to say this one. It's not It's not poetic. It's not like, oh my God, how like fascinating. But 
I say it all the time because my mom says it all the time. And but a lot of people don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, though, even though it's like two words. Tremendo paquete. Okay, I I think I can discern what that means. Tremendous package. Which is sounds pornographic, but it is not. <laughs> um, that would be that's a whole different meaning in English. What I'd say in tremendo paquete is like sort of like a an ordeal. Like oh god, that's that's going to be hard. Oh my god, another pornographic saying. What am I doing? You are actually wrong. <gasps> <laughs> oh my god, I'm wrong. You're wrong, Joanna. <laughs> what is tremendo paquete? Tremendo paquete. Uy, tremendo pa I imagine it being like, oh, tremendo paquete. Oh, no. tremendous package. Tremendo paquete is when someone is being exaggerative and you'd like, they're you like, you, you can tell they're being exaggerative. They're lying. I learned that phrase mostly watching telenovelas with my mom mm -hmm. because that phrase matches every single scenario in a telenovela. There's a dude that fucking ends up in a fiery explosion, car accident on the top of a hill, rolls down, fall. You see his like dummy stunt double fall off the cliff in like fucking flames. Then the next scene, it's him in the hospital with like a scratch on his forehead. Mm -hmm. And he's like, fine. <laughs> and my mom would be like, que paquete, que paquete. Mm. Like bu bullshit, bullshit, bro. Que paquete. Mm. So even till this day, I'll be watching like some show with my husband. I'm like, que paquete, bro. Like, please. Que paquete. Look at you soliloquying to yourself like every other Latina woman when she says a saying like, que paquete. <laughs> Um, so everyone's like, what the fuck? You know, it's kind about? of ironic because men lie about their paquetes <laughs> all the time. So, tremendo paquete is just huge exaggeration. Que exagerado. Don't exaggerate, you know? I think that's very appropriate. Yeah, it's interesting how paquete is used. Like, oh, what up? Like, this person packaged this entire made up fucking story, but it's like obvious that it's made up. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, there's no way in hell that could have happened. Mm -hmm. it, it's almost like when someone wraps or like when you order something from amazon it comes in this giant box and it's like for a toothbrush and you're just like why did this happen um <laughs> like yeah you know that's it you exaggerated like the size of this thing i really love how efficient this saying is i i, I think I'd, I'd give it a nine out of ten wow i'm glad i went with this one yeah it's yeah. it's one that i truthfully use on a freaking daily basis <laughs> it's great it's great so I think the winner is still Masabe El Diablo Por Viejo Que Por Diablo with 9.5. Yeah, for sure. I think that's the winner for sure. But like before we, you know, log off and say our goodbyes and continue on with our lives, I wanted to share a saying that is relatively new. I heard it in my generation in Venezuela and like, I don't think it's as well known as other sayings because it's younger, but I freaking love this saying and I want to make it go ultra viral. And the saying is, which is he's uglier than a shooting in an elevator and i know it's violent and grotesque and horrible but i think that's one of the reasons i love these sayings these sayings are so absurd they're so ridiculous they go to the extreme to explain something super simple like instead of saying this dude's ugly it's like he's so ugly he's uglier than a shooting in a in an elevator like that is just that is art that's metaphor that's oh my fucking god it's it's crazy Jesus but if you Christ. if you look around the world like every every society every culture has their way of exaggerating and sayings you know oh yeah and looking at us i feel like latins have fun with it yeah we do 
and we make no sense to anybody else. And that's how we like it. So before we leave, I'm going to list off some other countries and their sayings to see, like, just to show you how they say their stuff. And I want to see if it fits what we think about generally that culture. So in Germany, instead of saying to live in luxury, they say to live like a maggot in bacon. That is purely disgusting and vomitrocious. Yeah. But makes absolute sense because if I were to put myself in the shoes of a maggot, that's where I would want to be. That is luxury. Truly. That is luxury. That is true luxury. Yes. Absolutely. It is. And you know, you know, Germans have gone through shit and have seen shit. So, you know, of course your sayings are going to be about maggots on bacon. Then we have a Swedish saying. So instead of saying to be caught with your pants down, which is like an English saying, the Swedish people say, caught with your beard in a mailbox. <laughs> say that again? Caught with your beard in a mailbox. Ow. <laughs> Ow. And also just like not that bad. You know what I mean? Like the Swedish people have clearly not gone through what the Germans have maybe gone through. Like they're like, this is so bad. Your beard's caught in a mailbox. Yeah, I feel like the German version would be like getting your pubes trapped in a in your fly, your zipper. Yeah. That's real pain. Yeah. I feel like Swedish people, this tells me that Swedish people have a lot of beards and they really, really respect the privacy of their postal service. So um, those are some things I found just by this, this saying. And then obviously in Italy, we have, instead of saying once in a blue moon, which I don't even know what a blue moon is, but whatever. <laughs> once in a blue moon, they say every death of a pope, every death of a pope, once in a blue moon, every death of a pope. Of course you have the- yeah. The papacy be there, Vatican, Vatican's there. Of course, they're going to be talking about popes, you know? This makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the French, instead of saying, I have other things to do or better fish to fry, the French say, I have other cats to whip. Hold on. I have other cats to whip? I don't know what this could ever mean. Because cats are never whipped. No. And like for me, my French association with cats is the Aristocats the Disney film. Ooh. So I'm like, no, no cats get whipped in that film. I don't, this is very bizarre. I mean, the French are a little bizarre, you know, they're a little bit like, you know, have their films are kind of nonsensical. Sometimes they, they're more artsy. <laughs> so maybe this is, has like some type of like art definition here. Like they're, they're trying to make it purposely confusing to make it feel more poetic. That's what I'd say about the French here. Or they hate cats. Or they just That's hate the cats. Other. There's something, they hate there's cats. some dark underground shit going on in France regarding cats that none of us are aware of. Um, <laughs> if you're PETA and you're listening, I might you might want to check in on this. Just go go to France, check in on their cats, please. I know they love their dogs, but their cats, I've never seen one. Yeah, there's- I've never seen a cat in France. They go all, they go hard for their poodles, but I don't know about their cats, bro. There we go. I think we might have discovered an underground ring. So you're welcome. Um, we're here. This podcast went from just a fun comedy podcast to a true crime podcast about cats in France. Um, tune in next episode to find out what these French people are doing to their Siamese. Um, that bit went on for far too long. But here we are. We made it. We made it to the end of this. We figured out our favorite Spanish saying. And you know what? We learned about really bizarre sayings around the world. And I can say that what a treat it's been. Yeah, I'm as happy as a dog surviving. Oh, Delilah. But that's kind of my life. And every time I think I'm going to die, I'm just like, oh, 
I'm still alive. <laughs> como de Laila cayéndose casa ajena. That's been my favorite saying of this entire podcast is como de Laila cayéndose casa ajena. Like Delilah falling in a in a what is a hand casa ajena is how do you say that in English? A, straight, casa a stranger's house, house or someone else's house. But but ajena is like not stranger. Ajena is like not yours, but also not totally a stranger. That's true. Well, there we go, Delilah. <laughs> Thank you for making our podcast make even more sense. Maybe that saying will go viral. In 10 years, people will be saying, Delilah, cayendo en casa ajena. That's the dream. 